This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Rams Talk, uh, a brand new weekly show as part of the Rams monthly review show, as confusing as that is. And I've got three new guests with me today. Uh, I'm joined firstly by Vic Singh. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, mate. Uh, Matt Jones. Hello, all. And Callum Bucock. Good evening, good evening. Good evening, lads. Now, we're here to discuss everything that's happened with Derby County over the past week. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Um, you know, we've had uh, a little bit of stuff going on regarding the takeover. We've had a couple of things come through from Chris Kirshner, which have been uh, very, very positive. Um, we've also had a, a very interesting performance as well at the weekend. Uh, you know, we ended up losing 3-1 to Bristol City. Probably not the performance we were expecting, um, considering everything that had happened in previous weeks. But it was interesting all the same. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Matt. Uh, what did you make of the performance at the weekend? It's hard to throw the young lads under the bus, but I genuinely thought it was one of the poorest performances that we've had for a long time. Um, I don't know whether the relegation being confirmed has kind of took the spark out of the team. And, and to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, it just seemed a little bit flat. It seemed a little bit without energy. Um we had a lot of the ball, I think, was it like 62, 63% of the ball? And we just didn't seem to do anything with it. Um, Bristol City were really good, to be fair to them. Um, I think it was always going to happen that that Martin and Vyman would combine to, to score against us, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a little bit flat, a little bit, a little bit laboured, a little bit like the, the drive had, had gone out of it a little bit almost. don't know whether that's harsh to say or not, but... That's just the impression I got watching it. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, you know, we are relegated now and it's our, our first game since relegation was confirmed. There's always going to be that sort of loss of energy. I think a lot of the players that we had were, were running on fumes a little bit. So for relegation to be confirmed, probably knock the stuffing out of them a bit. So I'm not surprised to see us struggle a little bit. Um, one player that, you know, he, he made his first start at the weekend, uh, he, he adds what I'd call a mixed bag of a game. Uh, Callum, what did you think of Bartosz Cebulski's performance? I thought it was good. Um, 
I think it took him a while to get into it. Um, I think when you watched him, um, I think he was obviously going up first time against um, obviously defenders of good championship quality. Um, he had good touches and, and stuff like that. He, he, I think he struggled early on. Um, There's a couple of times where they come straight through the back of him and, and he'd lose the ball and you heard the crowd kind of get on his back a little bit and stuff. Uh, but I think he grew into it. And I think when you look to his opportunity, especially the two big chances he had um, <laughs> and put one straight over the bar um, for about two yards out. Um, but he was in the position though, um, which, and uh, you heard Justin Walker at the end. I think that's the biggest thing is that we haven't really had someone in the, in the box constantly and, that's been our downfall with yeah. no number nine. Um, and and I think just seeing those little glimpses, um, it's always it's always good. So uh, it couldn't go much wrong than uh, what we've had already. I think that's a good point. Um, you know, it's always hard coming in, especially against experienced players. You know, we've seen it all season when we've had young players come in and they've come in against people that have been playing 10 years already. And for young lads making their first steps in football, it can be challenging. It can be challenging. But um, another young lad who I'd say just seems to be getting better every week. We spoke about him in last week's episode. Vic, what have you made of Malcolm Ebiowe since he's come into the side? He's a breath of fresh air, isn't he, really? Um, we all thought first year was silly. It was exciting. And then up pops Malcolm Ebiowe. Um, well, I can't think of any more positive things to say about him. The, the lad's quality. I'm really surprised Rangers let go of him at the end of last was it last season. Mm. When he picked him up on the free. I'm really surprised at that. It's going to be difficult to keep a hold of him, I think, if he keeps putting these performances in. Um, but yeah, he looks. he's quick. He's powerful. He's got a bag full of tricks. All that's missing is just his, uh, his uh, goal. He just needs his goal and I think he'll just excel from there. Yeah, I, I think he's spot on. I mean, he, he's got everything, hasn't he? Um, but the big question is, Vic, do you think he'll stay? Well, we've heard the rumours of uh, Palace circulating and it probably goes in relation to what Luke Plange put up on Instagram uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, I think, given the choice, I think he will stay. I genuinely think he will stay just because I spoke to him outside uh, QPR when we went down and he was like he, he actually said oh, I'm sorry like he actually apologised for going down now an 18 year old lad to be that mature after after obviously being relegated he, sh- he showed he cared about the club as well he took pictures with the QPR fans uh, as well as the Derby fans took time out spoke to everybody I think he really does care for the club and I honestly think he could stay it just depends on how quickly we can get this takeover done and if we can get a deal on the table. I think you've you've summed it up very well there. Um, the takeover is incredibly important. And I mean, Matt, just to come over to you, um, we've had rumblings from Chris Kershaw over the past week. Uh, he spoke about, I think, was it last Friday? He said that all the all the stuff was going to the EFL. I know that's probably not the technical term, <laughs> but everything that he'd got was going to the EFL. Um what have you made of Chris Kirshner and what do you make of his takeover bit of Derby? I'll be brutally honest. When when it first came out, I thought, here's another Eric Alonso. Here's another guy who's chancing his arm. He's got no money. He's got no backers. It, he says all the right things, to be fair to him. Um, it's just, there's, there's just that lingering doubt that we've had one guy who's been very vocal on social media about the takeover and has um proven to be um obviously not able to to back that up in terms of the money 
Um, I, I hope, obviously, I really hope that he's 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 not that, and that he he does follow through with his promises. Because everything he's saying is is uh, is obviously superb. I think the fact that Wayne Rooney has come out and and openly backed him and said that he wants him to take over the club is a massive plus for me. Um, I, I don't see Wayne Rooney backing the guy to be the next owner if, if he didn't trust him and if he hadn't spoken to him and got certain assurances. Um, and yeah, obviously it's, it's like was said before, the sooner it goes through the bear and we can get some, hopefully get some of these contracts sorted out. Um, so I think, I think, is it the end of May? I think that players can speak to other clubs yeah. in England um, yeah. as free agents. So, I mean, if it's not going through by then, I, I, I can't see us keeping any or, uh, well, any of our players, really, to be honest with you. I think a lot of them will be getting admiring glances from Championship, Premier League, it's like I say, even Premier League for some people. Um, so, yeah, I think we just need to get it done ASAP and uh, and get these contracts sorted out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what the date is, but I think we've run out of money as a club in late mm. May. So it's, it's you know, as bad as it would be losing the players, we'd lose the rest of the club as well. So it, it's certainly something to be concerned about. But I think what he said, you know, as you said, has been positive. And I was I was with you. I thought it was a bit of an Eric Alonso. And I, I know the jury's kind of still out at the minute. Is he going to be the man that saves Derby? We don't know that yet. But um, personally, I hope so. Um, Callum, I saw this question on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to pitch it to you. If you had to offer contracts to three players right now, this second, money's no object. Pretend you're Chris Kirshner. Who are you giving them to? Um, I think the first one, I think Davis has got to be straight away. Um, I think he, the fact that at his age, he's played every single minute of this championship season and don't go wrong, every time the ball goes to him, sometimes when playing this ball out the back, I, I, my heart's in my mouth. But um, he, he's, he's kind of defined this season um, in the, the, the way we've been resolute and, and everything like that. Um, I'd also go Ryan Allsop. Uh, I think he's in League One especially. I think him in, in goal would be absolutely brilliant. Um, and especially with the dish, I think he's probably the first keeper, especially when we have gone to this um, ball playing um, out the back um, is probably the first keeper I'm actually quite comfortable with with his feet um, and his uh, diagonal balls and, and stuff like that to ABOA and, and stuff um, the th- third one if, if if money was no object you'd probably go Tom Lawrence I think it's just in le- especially again in League One you've got to look at the quality he's got and the season he's had um, that's any probably championship club will be after him. Um, and and I think to have him in, in a, a division where it's going to still be a dogfight, there's still big clubs in there, um, like Sunderland, et cetera, that you're, you're going to need some star quality. And I think if the way he's played under Rooney with the captaincy and stuff, I think he, he's, again, uh, probably a, a top three candidate for contracts on the table as soon as we can. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Um, the only question I'd throw up: What about Malcolm Ebiowe? I think. Well, I think with Malcolm, I think is that he's he's young, he's he's hungry and stuff like that, but, and he's got the quality, star quality. But it's uh, a case of if a big Premier League club comes for him, then it's going to be hard to turn his head. Whereas someone like a Curtis Davis or a, Ron Allsop, it's they're, they're at that stage in their career where they just want to be settled. Um, so it's going to be quite 
um, probably a lot easier to put a contract in front of them and go, <laughs> go uh, stick with us in League One and, and see where it goes. Whereas uh, Malcolm, obviously, I'd love him to sign. Don't get me wrong. I, I, every time he gets the ball, especially there was a, obviously a chance that he had where he just put it past the post and took about three or four players. And I think he's the only player in the last probably month or two that, other than your, your likes of Festy, where he gets your bum, bums off seats. Yeah. Um, and um, and we, we need and we've needed that. So uh, so yeah. So he, if if I could pick four, I'll go, I'll go with him. <laughs> but uh, but no. Um, but um, but yeah. So th- those three would be mine. That's a very, very strong choices there. I think you'd be uh, hard-pressed to find many Derby fans that disagree with you. Um, speaking of Tom Lawrence, uh, you mentioned his captaincy there. We've had a, a number of people throughout the season who have questioned the decision to give Tom Lawrence the captain's armband. You know, there's constant talk of Curtis Davis being Derby's captain. Um, Vic, I'm going to pitch this really horrible question to you. Um do you think that Tom Lawrence is the right man to be Derby's captain, or do you think it should have gone to Curtis Davis? It's a tough one. I think I think when Rooney gave him the captain's armband, he did it with the intention of sort of upping his game, bringing his temperament down, uh, and just getting him focusing on banging in the goals, which he's done this season. I think he's been involved in something like eighteen goal involvements this year, yeah. which is which is probably his best season in a Derbyshire and something we've been longing to see. So on a personal standpoint for Tom, I think it was probably a good decision. The club overall, I think it's his temperament for me that lets him down. I think he's been sent off three times this season. To me, that still says that you've got that little bit of a... Sometimes you need a cool head when when you're a captain and you've got to lead by example. So if you're getting sent off every other week or every other game, then as you can see, it was a knock-on effect. Morrison got suspended, Bird got suspended. Um... As a club, obviously, I, I always thought that Davis was our captain anyway. I thought he would have been given the captain's armband. I think on a personal level for Tom, it's worked really well. Um, and he's done probably done the best job he could do in, in the circumstances, I think. Uh, it'd be unfair to say that he's done an, a bad job because everything was against us. He rallied the troops. But we're lucky we have not just one captain at the club. I think we've got probably about three. And I'd probably say Davis, Lawrence, and then even Ravel Morrison. I think Morrison sort of really stepped up the last few weeks started off a bit slow it's understandable he hasn't played many games and this is probably his most uh, played season I think in his whole career it is yeah. but if you yeah so if you look at the last sort of six to eight games he's really shone through he's done what he's had to do he's leading the young lads by example and it was actually him that uh, said when they arrived at Moore Farm to go and talk to the fans and go and applaud the fans so to me he's got leadership qualities and I think he'd be a real great asset in League One Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think I think Ravel Morrison in league want to be uh, some sort of cheat code without jinxing it. Um, you know, if he shows the quality he showed, you know, sort of since Christmas, he'll, he'll definitely be an asset. Um, Matt, I just want to just want to go to you here. So everything Vic's just said, would you say you agree, or are you more of a a Tom Lawrence captaincy supporter? I think it was when, when Rooney was on Monday Night Football, he said he, either him or someone else said that he he saw a lot of himself in Tom Lawrence. Like he was quite a young captain at Manchester United. Uh and obviously he, he was a hothead, Rooney was when he was younger. There's there's no two ways about it. He was very aggressive. Um and I I think Rooney saw that if giving him the captaincy might calm him down a little bit. Obviously, the red cards he's had this season has, has probably <laughs> uh, scuppered that one, but um 
I, I wasn't I wasn't totally on board with it when it first got announced. I'll be honest. I, I think, like a lot of people, Curtis Davis was the obvious choice, um, and to, to some people, he may still be. To be honest, um, I think given Davis's experience, he, he's sort of a captain without having the armband on anyway. So. I think he could probably see the benefits of giving someone like Tom Lawrence the armband and giving him that bit of extra responsibility. Um, but to be fair, he's, I think he's had 16 goal involvements in the league this season. Um, easily his most productive season for Derby. So I, th- I think the the proof of the pudding has been in the eating, really. I think he, he stepped up when he's had to. Um, and overall, it's um, it's proved to be a good decision. Proof in the pudding <laughs> is in the eating. I've never heard yep. that one before. I like it. I like it. I'm a fan. <laughs> so we've spoken there about Tom Lawrence. I mean, 16, 18, I can't remember how many goal involvements he's got, but it's quite a lot. Would you say that I've seen this pitched? I've seen this pitched by numerous people. We're talking about Derby's player of the season. Um, Curtis Davis has won the supporters club's player of the season. I'd be incredibly surprised if he didn't win the full player of the season. I, what I found interesting is I've seen a lot of people say on social media um, is that, you know, Curtis Davis has done a brilliant job, but if we didn't have Tom Lawrence, we'd probably still be on minus points. I've seen a, a number of people say that um, with that logic, would that say that he maybe should be more of a shoe in than he is? Would you agree, Callum? Would you say that, you know, Tom Lawrence has, has deserved maybe a little bit more praise than he's got? Yeah. And, and I think the biggest thing with, with Tom is, is that he's won us games uh, single-handedly, um, like at Bournemouth and stuff like that. Uh, the Bournemouth game where he's, he's scored two like, brilliant goals, obviously, including the penalty. And and I think with him, um, you look at the amount of games he's played and had, like you said, goal involvements, not just scoring goals. Um, with someone like Curtis Davis, I, I, you're putting two different positions against each yeah, other. So I think I know, you're kind of <laughs> so it, it's kind of a hard thing. And obviously, the defensive record, considering the squad we've got, has been incredible. So I, I, I still think Davis is still probably going to be the favourite slightly. But I do I understand what you're saying with with Lawrence probably getting a, a not as much credit as he does deserve. And I think this season he, he probably had his standout season for the last probably five years. This is probably the Lawrence that we've all been waiting or hoping for, or, um, and it's taken a little bit of time, um, but and it could be the last season that we have with him, um, which is unfortunate, but um, I think he's gone out on a high if it, if it is his last season. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you know, we've waited a long time, haven't we, to see Tom Lawrence, like actual Tom Lawrence play. You know, he's had a, a couple of seasons, obviously he was having a tough time outside of football, um, but he's really hit the ground running, this season in a way that he's never done before. And, you know, you mentioned there, he's won his games on his own. You know, there's that Bournemouth game, Sheffield United at home's a, a really big one. You know, he scored two unbelievable goals in that game. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just one of those, isn't it? Um, it's, it feels a little bit too late, you know, too little, too late. We've, we've spent a lot of money on him and he's finally hit form, ironically, when we were already doomed. So it is disappointing in that way, but it is nice to see the fact that he's he's actually sort of finally hit the heights we expected. And you know, when you think about the goal involvements he's got in the team that we have and in the position we're in, it's 
it's certainly impressive. Um, just going on to other players that have impressed this season, as obviously the season draws to a close. Um, speaking about uh, a midfielder that got a lot of stick last season, I think uh, maybe a little bit of undue stick when we were going through a bad run. It's Max Bird. I mean, I know, you know, it's no secret. I love Max Bird. I think he's, I think he's a special player. I think um, he's, he's underrated, but that's just me. Um, Vic, what have you made of Max Bird playing this season? I think he's sort of grown into his role this year. Um, last year, obviously, uh, but he had Rooney in, during that lockdown season, so we had Rooney to guide him in that position because Rooney's played there before. But I think as last year and in particular this year, he sort of packed the weight on, got a bit of muscle about him, and he's really grown into his role. I think he's had a really uh, a pretty steady season, pretty consistent. Uh, his performances, you wouldn't say, is anything less than a 7 out of 10 this year. Um, and I think he's done really well. He's got a really good pass on him as well, which I didn't realise at the start. Um, so he's got an eye for a, a good assist here and then. He'll only grow as a player. Um, so there's good things about Max Bird. Another unsung hero, I think, this season, and probably last season as well, was Nathan Byrne. Mm. Nathan Byrne has probably been our most consistent player over the last two seasons. Uh, and again, this year, he's been nothing short of fantastic. Uh, got a good ball on him. And it's just marauding up and down the wing. So, yeah, I think Max Bird done really well this year. Nathan Bird, the unsung hero. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about Byrne. Um, you know, he's he's one that I've seen people mention for player of the season. And I'll, I'll, I'll pitch this to you, Matt. Um, Nathan Byrne has obviously been incredibly consistent, as Vic's just said there. Do you think he gets a little bit less recognition than others purely because he plays at right back? Absolutely. I, I, I would have him in the top three in my player of the season, without doubt. Um, I think every time we play well, Nathan Byrne plays well. I think he, he he's at his best when he's obviously bombing on past um, an underlapping winger or, or something like that. And every time we've seemed to play well this season, he seemed to be at the forefront of it. Um he he'll be a massive loss if we if we lose him when when we go down as well. I don't think a lot of people have even considered him as being one of the one of the key players that we are going to lose. But who have we got that can step in and and do that job if if the worst comes to the worst and we're not able to renew the contracts? I, I can't see that we're going to get a player of anywhere near his standing in the position that we're going to be in. So um, he, he'll be snapped up by. The championship team, absolutely no, absolutely no question whatsoever. I, I think he's, I think he's been fantastic. I think he's definitely been uh, underrated, uh, underrecognised, um, and like I say, if we do lose him, it'll be a very sad day. Yeah, I think you're right, and you know, you mentioned who sort of step in or who we could sign. I mean, if you look at the right backs we have at the club, obviously Festy's already on his way out. He's already signed his contract with Udinese. And then we've got Cornell McDonald, who, despite looking promising last season, has sort of faded into obscurity a little bit. You know, you've barely heard his name at all outside the under 23s. So it's, it's definitely an issue. And I mean, you know, we say that's an issue at right back. It's, it's an issue all over the park, isn't it? You know, if 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 we don't get players tied down, we're going to have some uh, some some interesting recruitment. Let's put it that way over the summer. Um, Callum. So we talked about Nathan Byrne and struggling to find a replacement. Um, is there any Derby player you could think of that if we lost them, you'd think going into League One, who oh, will struggle to replace him? Um, 
I think that we've we we have named a couple. I think I think midfield's kind of packed, at, at, but I think the the way we I think losing Shinny like this se- uh, this season kind of showed. Um, and so to, if we lost to like a Max Bird or a Jason uh, Knight or anyone like that, then that would be big losses. Um, I think looking at like the left back position, like both fullbacks. I think if you look at obviously you're losing Fozzie and potentially and Lee Buchanan. And then you're losing Festy and Nathan Byrne. Fullbacks have been integral to the way we've played. Yeah. Um, so if we lose all four, then then I think we'll we'll be really struggling <laughs> to even. Obviously, like you said, we're, we're struggling in all positions. But um, I think the quality of our fullbacks have really helped us this season. I think, like you said, Nathan Byrne's one of my favourite players. I absolutely love watching him. Um, and it, it said everything when we've got. Fuzzy back post header at the at the weekend. So and so, if you look at like you said, the importance of um, both fullbacks. That I think any any of those going would would obviously be a big big loss for us. Yeah, yeah, I think you're spot on, and um, especially about Craig Forsyth. I mean, I don't know about you three. I, I find it very strange that Forsyth hasn't played more. You know, we we had that really good run where we were winning games left, right and centre. We dropped him for Buchanan, who is clearly a talented player, but was clearly also going through a bit of a rough patch. And, you know, he comes back in, we suddenly have a bit more height out wide and he goes and buries a header in the bottom corner. And it does make you wonder, you know, was dropping him the right decision? Um, I'm obviously... uh, a little bit biased because um, I like Craig Forsyth quite a lot. Um, but Vic, what what has been your thoughts on on us playing Buchanan over Forsyth? Because I've seen a lot of people mention it's it's been it seems a bit of a strange decision. I think in t- I think he must be going for pace in the fullbacks. So obviously we know Nathan Burns pretty quick, and he probably thought Rooney probably thought that if we could do the same with Lee Buchanan, it'd sort of even itself out on both flanks. I mean I'm in the Forsyth camp myself. I do like Buchanan. <laughs> But Fozzie's just, con- he's also consistent. I mean, we've had him, what, nine years now. He's never really let us down. Um, and if anything, his headers have actually won us points this year, uh, barring the Bristol City one, of course. But I remember, was it against Hull City? He scored a really yeah, good head against Hull City. Yeah. So uh, it's obviously working for him. I think Lee Buchanan is also good aerially as well. But for me, if you're looking for steady, steady defence, you've got to put Forsyth in. Uh, and I'm I'm just as baffled as you as as to why he was dropped. But I think we had that that purple patch of three wins on the bounce when he was in the side, and then you kind of coming afterwards. Maybe it was just defend Forest stuff. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can only think that. I, obviously, Buchanan had that clause didn't he, in his contract for another year. And if we get a takeover in time, he'll sign an extra year. So maybe it's to add a, a few extra zeros to his price tag. You know, who's going to want to spend big money on a fullback that can't get in ahead of a player that's had like three ACL injuries? So, it, it, it you know, it, it's food for thought, isn't it? But it's it's all done now. And uh, I guess that moves on to the final part of the podcast. We've got uh, a bit of a prediction prediction league going, I say. Um, everyone got it wrong last week. We all thought we were going to win. Um, and we didn't. So, um, going into Blackpool this weekend, a lot of Derby fans going. I myself are going. Um, I'm sure some of you lads are going too. Um, Matt, I'll get your prediction first. How do you think Derby v Blackpool's going to go? Um, I'm hoping that we we go the opposite end of the spectrum that we went at the weekend. I'm thinking the pressure's off. There's a lot of fans travelling up there. Um, absolutely nothing to lose. 
um we're already at the beach so we can't be <laughs> so um hopefully we um hopefully we step up and i'm gonna say um one nil win to derby oh i like your optimism i like your optimism callum um it will all i think for me come down to two things the the lineup that we go with um uh, i think is a big one and also um actually blackpool's form that i think they absolutely battered Birmingham um so uh, I will be the the neutral in the in the in the room and I'll go 1-1 one, one. <laughs> I like it I like it Vic uh I think it depends I think he'll go for a change lineup I think he'll go for more experience as opposed to Saturday uh I think it's going to be a crazy game it's going to be a crazy atmosphere I'm going to go for 3-2 derby Richie Kyo on goal to win it he owes us that much <laughs> I hope that happens. I do hope that happens, although you can imagine some of the things that would be said in that away end if it did. Um, thank you very much, lads. Oh, yeah, I didn't give my prediction. My prediction, I, I'm going to go with Callum. I'm going to be a boring neutral man too. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be one all. I reckon 98th minute equaliser for us and Richard Keogh own goal to uh, hopefully will it into existence. So, uh, lads, thank you very much for coming on. This has been the second episode of Rams Talk. I uh, hope you've all enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please follow, subscribe, like, all of that sort of stuff. And, uh, lads, thank you very much for coming on. Driving me. No worries. No worries. Thank you. Thank you very much. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.